That's a lot, isn't it? Hey everyone and welcome to It's A Lot with Abby Chatfield. Um, So this week is another solo episode. Um, There has just been so much going on. I have um, a few eps in my arsenal uh, with guests but this week I was like, God, I feel like the intro that I do is going to be about 25 minutes long so why not just stretch it out and make it an hour long. Um, So... Let's start off with, I said last week that I was going to do some recommendations for uh, our podcasts or books, probably mostly podcasts because your girl doesn't have a good uh, attention span. Wow. Proof of that while saying it. Um, so last week I recommended Matt D'Elia is Confused and this week I want to recommend to you guys a podcast that I haven't really heard anyone else talk about, though I know it's popular. No one that I know speaks about it. But it's, I think, it's in my top three and it rotates to my favourite podcast regularly. So it's called Behind the Bastards. Um, it's basically a historical podcast and the host, Robert Evans, gets on different comedians or friends of his or whatever as guests and he explains to them stories about bastards in history. For example, there is an episode about Hitler, but it isn't about Hitler in the classical sense that we might have learned about him in high school, but his fascination with young adult novels. So it's kind of like behind the bus. It's like weird things that you've learned, that he's learned, sorry, about different political figures or historical figures that are complete assholes and monsters. And it's like funny little quirky things that are like, fuck, they're human. And it's really interesting. It's really, really uh really beneficial uh, in this time we can look back on horrible things that had happened and go, you know what, horrible things always happen, which now that I said out loud, it doesn't seem that positive, but for me it is. Um, so he has a really good episode called Priests of the Plague, I think it's called, and basically he runs through how the church have reacted to um, the coronavirus, sorry, to various plagues throughout history. So the bubonic plague, uh, the Spanish flu, and obviously good old Rona, our best friend Rona. He's funny. He's really, really easy to listen to. It's interesting and I am obsessed with it, like obsessed. So if you want a new podcast, listen to that. Um, now I'm going to talk about what's been a lot this week for me and what's been a lot has been a few things, one of which obviously is my feud with Dean Wells, my new feud with Dean Wells, um, which I will get into later on during my discussion about all the men behaving poorly in the media this week. Um, but the main thing this week is that I have almost finished moving into my apartment. I'm very excited. I have discovered that someone, um, how do I say this? Uh, oh God. I discovered that someone that like is pretty hot lives in my apartment building. So I'm stoked about that. Um, and I have, Basically being catching up on my entire life, trying to exercise every day. It's not going very well, but yeah. So everything else, you guys see my life. Oh, I started a YouTube channel. I finally got my tea Tuesdays up. So I'm going to try and have them out on Fridays. It was on Sunday this week because I didn't have time to edit it this week, but I'm going to have it out on Friday. So it's kind of like you have tea Tuesday and then you have a few days and you have another few days and then it's Tuesday again so go subscribe to my YouTube channel it sounds very weird but um yeah that's pretty much it let's get into some Q&A's because I've got a lot of them backed up from you guys um so I'm just going to grab my laptop and have a sip of wine and um we can get started all right question numero uno I have a dating question. It's long-winded, but I feel like I need to tell you the backstory to explain my current situation. Oh, good girl. This is unlimited time. No one is my boss. I'm 24 and I have never had a boyfriend as in a serious boyfriend. I've had literally two date slash flings with boys in my entire life and nothing for the last six or seven years. In brackets, I know. 
I had a traumatic and dysfunctional childhood and most of my family have died in the last seven years. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's awful. Well, that explains probably why you've distanced yourself from people. That's awful. I'm so, oh God, I could cry. I also had extreme poor mental health. Girl, stop. Oh God. You've had a really, really rough trip. This is two sentences in and of course you aren't going to want to date. My mental health is now vastly improved. I'm now a nurse. Congratulations. I feel much more confident in myself where previously I was extremely insecure and self-destructive being there. Now I enjoy flirting with guys who I'm interested in, but I still feel quite shy, particularly in making the next move. And especially when I find the guy very attractive girl, me too. I mean, I think we're all like that. Uh, I've moved to England. Oh, I'm about to move to England. I wonder if that's still a thing because this was probably before Rona. Um, I've determined to start dating as I've been told that if I don't now, I will never find someone. That makes me angry. Uh, Do you have any tips for a old woman, 24-year-old girl, I'm 24, who is getting into dating scene, particularly in terms of making the first move and getting over her shyness? When I'm comfortable with someone, I can be quite flirty, but it's just getting to that point. Yeah. I should add, I've made a personal choice when I have sex with a guy unless I'm in a committed relationship or married. I'm not that keen to budge on that, but I wouldn't expect a guy to date me if he's not keen to align with that, which I totally respect as I would never judge someone for their personal life choices. Fair girl. Do you have any advice to broach that subject with a boy I'm seeing? I know it was super long, blah, 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 blah. Love you. Love you too. So I just want to kind of deconstruct this because there are so many elements here that I feel like I want to comment on and I want to um, give you a little advice on. I mean, you've asked my advice, so here it is. Um, So let's start off with your traumatic and dysfunctional childhood and most of your family dying and your mental health has improved now. Amazing. And now a nurse. Now, I don't want you to feel – you haven't said this, but I feel like you feel as though you've missed – you've missed your opportunity to start dating, which isn't true at all. You have gone through some very serious things just from a few sentences of what you said said to me. I'm sure there's much more. You've gone through some very traumatic things. And in you trying to survive those moments, you have been in absolute survival mode. There was no room in your life to find someone and be with them. And if you had found someone and been with them, there was a higher risk of codependency, a higher risk of choosing someone who wasn't really worth your time and a high risk of you not being adequately mentally and emotionally present for a relationship, which would have led to probably um, demise. I'm not saying that if you were in a bad spot, you can't be in a relationship, but you have to be a certain level of um, functional. As Dan Savage says, um, he says in good working order, which is a hundred percent true. There have been times in my life where I've not been in good working order and I've still dated. And every time it's been unfair for myself and for others. So don't blame yourself and don't feel bad for not dating someone because you've been through all this trauma and you're 24, you're not, you're not 15. Even if you were 50, it hasn't, it's not over. It's not over. You're 24. So first and foremost, I want you to stop putting guilt on yourself for not dating um, before the age of 24. You did the thing you need to do. You did the responsible thing actually in not going to be with someone in not good working order and taking care of yourself. So I'm proud of you for that. So I want you to get rid of the guilt in regards to that. As my therapist says, she says, yes, there are negative feelings happening already in whatever situation. I always think of this. There are negative feelings happening, right? Acknowledge them. Can you fix them? Yes or no? Yes, no. If you can do the thing you need to change, if you can't, there is no point putting additional guilt onto yourself in that moment. For example, even tonight, I have a lot of work to do and I was cooking dinner and I just was listening to a podcast and I couldn't enjoy it because I was so anxious about all the work that I had to do tonight. And I was like freaking out. I was like, stop. All you have to do right now is make dinner. Don't feel guilty for not having done the work. You can't change it now. You can do the work later on tonight, but right now make dinner and eat because that's what you need right now. And right now, well, back then, sorry, you needed to 
get through the trauma and take care of yourself mentally and you have it now you're a nurse and you're killing it girl all right so now you feel more confident you were insecure and self-destructive I've been there again don't guilt yourself for it um but enjoy flirting with guys 100% you say you're nervous about making the next move with the guy. This is, I think, very, very common. I I don't think I've ever um, had a huge issue with this because I'm not sure if you guys have realized, but I'm pretty shameless. But I do have a lot of friends that have this issue. Um, I was like this a lot in The Bachelor, even though that may not have been how it was represented, but I was very nervous around Matt because we were being filmed and it's a weird situation to be in. But um, so you being scared to make the first move, my theory in life, I think I've said it before in the podcast, is things are only awkward if you feel they are awkward, right? So if you go on a first date and you're sitting there and there's silences and you truly don't really mind and you're like, well, it's actually not on me to make this not awkward and it's not really on you either. If it isn't working, it isn't working. It's just like, whatever's happening is happening and it's not awkward and it's not bad. It's just what's happening. Right. So similar to you're nervous about making the first move. The worst thing that happens is it's awkward Uh, or they reject you. And if they reject you, uh, they are doing you a favor because they're being upfront and honest in the fact they aren't interested. Um, And if they say yes, then Booyah, you've won. You've got yourself a little bitty. You've got yourself a date or a smooch or whatever you're doing, whatever move you're making. Um, So I think just remembering that, um, A, the worst thing that happens is he rejects you and it's a good thing. But rejection also is a good thing for us. Rejection is a really, really good thing to help us grow as people. (coughs) Whoops, sorry for the cough. I'm trying to not edit anymore, so I'm just going to apologize for things that I did wrong. Lol. Um, so it's a really good thing to get rejected uh, if it's in a kind and nurturing way, obviously. It makes you realize that a rejection is going to happen and you can get past it. But also when you find the next person, you're like, well, that person wasn't right for me anyway. Like when I got rejected on national television on a rock – I then dated Todd afterwards and I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I could date someone and love someone after all of that. And now knowing that, having that experience of being rejected, then dating someone else and then breaking up with that person, it's ingrained in my memory that I'm like, okay, I could get over that rejection. And that was a pretty big rejection. Um, so that's that. Uh, then he said, I'm determined to start dating as I've been told that if I don't now, I will never find someone. Whoever's told you that is on a good friend or a good parent or a good whatever the fuck they've, who is, whoever the fuck it is. There's this, there's this really huge pressure on us, particularly as women uh, with our biological clock to, to find a partner as soon as we can and almost settle, well, to settle, right? All you need is a man to be happy. First of all, you aren't too old. That's pretty obvious to I think everybody listening is probably going like, what the fuck? Like I'm 24. Um, uh, You know, people meet their forever person when they're 30, 40, 50 after a divorce. Like there's always more opportunity for you to find someone that you love. But I don't want you to have this fear of being, not being able to find someone before time runs out, whatever that means. Um, and then settling for less than what you want. I think it's a really huge thing and I see it in people um, regularly in that they will be dating someone and they don't really, they aren't enthusiastically in love with them. Like unless it's an enthusiastic, yes, I don't want it. If it's an okay, yeah, sure, I guess, I don't want it. Um, You don't want anything that, imperfect, yes, but you don't want something that doesn't make you feel like alive inside and make you feel like you have this like fire inside of you and you would, you just love that person to death. Um, you have your off days, obviously this is all implied, but I don't want you to, to then have a carry on thought from, well, I'm too old. I'm 24. I'm not going to find someone. No, 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 no. And then be like, well, I'm just going to marry the first guy that I got on a date with. And he's nice enough to me. He's nice to me. 
And it's like what you want in a, in a partner isn't them being nice to you. You should want to admire them as a person and look up to them and then you want them to also be nice to you. That should be a by the by. So you're not too old. That's just first and foremost. Um, getting to the dating scene though, I think for, you have to put yourself out there. It is a numbers game. Right now, obviously with the Rona, it actually probably is working to your advantage. Um, you're able to use dating apps, I hope. Um you will be able to do what you want and get into a committed relationship um, uh, before you have sex with them and have sex with them at your own leisure, at your own leisure, leisure, uh, whenever you want to, up to you. Fuck yeah, girl. Um, And it's probably going to help you get to know people more. And you also can speak to as many guys as you want at the same time multitask, get that multitasking going, get on Hinge, get on Tinder, get on Bumble, get on all the apps you can and just talk to people and don't be afraid to make the first move because if they've swiped you, they want to talk to you. It's like, I think a lot of women these days, I love Bumble because a lot of women, not these days, oh, we're in these days, a lot of women, um, you know, think, oh, is it too keen? What do I even say? Just say hi, just apply to something on his profile on his hinge just just try and make any conversation try to be a bit funny try and be specific um saying hi yeah is good that wasn't the best advice Abby but like saying hi cool if you if that's all you can muster up do it but if you can find something that you can relate to on their profile fucking talk to them about it if something jumped out to you on their profile talk to them about it um I think you're gonna eventually find someone who is equally as keen on you, if not more so, ew. Um, and then you can hit it off and you can get to know one another via FaceTime, which I think is so cute that people are now starting relationships via FaceTime because of Corona. And um, they're probably more meaningful than um, those that started out as a physical connection. I know for me, obviously I sleep with people on the first date regularly or I don't, whatever. It's whatever I'm feeling. If I want to sleep with someone, I want to sleep with someone and I do. But um, I also know in myself that I use sex as an icebreaker. Like I know that I do that. Um, and not that it's damaging to me. It doesn't damage, it doesn't take anything away from me. Like I just, I know that I find it easy to talk to someone if I've had them inside me. <laughs> Which now that I said out loud, probably needs to be on my next session in therapy. Um but all my ex-boyfriends, I've slept with them on the first night or at least had them stay in my bed because your girl finds it easier to talk to people who have, um, you know, had that intimate moment with them. So I think right now it's great that people are talking and there's no chance for that and you weren't going to do that anyway so you can have this kind of boundary up. And you also don't have to discuss the sex thing until you've met them, right? Like like if if it was just marriage, I would say probably tell them like in the first couple of weeks of talking, but if it's a committed relationship is an option for when you sleep with someone, then I think it's totally fine to, you know, take things as they come and not tell them. Um, this is a personal choice that you have um, and obviously you're fine with a guy not – um, having those same views as you. But I don't think it's a dirty little secret that you have to tell them. I think after a few weeks of talking or whenever you do meet, just bring it up and be like, yeah, look, that's that. And if they don't want to continue anymore, let's be honest, you haven't really wasted his time because we're all stuck in the fucking house. And um, so I think now is probably your prime, girl. Um, but I do want to remind you a few things. So let's recap. A, you aren't too old. B, don't settle. C, get on dating apps and talk to as many guys as you can. Dating num- dating numbers. Dating, oh my God, can't talk. Numbers game. Uh, and what other, other letter I'm up to? Um, you can take your time in getting to know someone and telling them about your preferences when it comes to timing of sexual intercourse. So proud of you. Keep going. Get that emotional support, not that dick, unless you want that dick, in which case, get it. All right. The next question is... 
Hi, Abby. Firstly, I want to say love you. Oh, my God, stop. And everything you stand for and your podcast. That's really lovely. Thank you. I have been with my boyfriend since I was 18. I'm 23 now. We've had a very rocky start to the relationship and I have extremely low self-esteem. Uh, and this has caused severe trust issues between us. Basically, I believe he was choosing between me and another girl when we first started dating and only stayed with me for convenience and this fucks with my head a lot. Even four years later, I always think that he would have preferred to end up with her and that she is better than me in every way. I've opened up to him about my trust issues and my low self-esteem and he said he understands, but I feel like I'm constantly asking him what he is doing and who he's talking to. He never minds, but I don't want to be that person. Just wondering if you have any advice on this, on loving yourself more, because I feel like it is putting strain on our relationship. Um, okay, so first of all, you saying that you feel like he chose between you and another girl. You've been together for four years, four years. If he wanted another girl, whether it is that initial girl that he wanted to be with, um, or another random girl, if you were just his girlfriend out of convenience, he, he like, honestly, he most likely would have left by now. Like that's what we have to remember. I've had friends, similar situations again, think that, um, the guy they're with, oh, but you know, he was dating this girl at the same time. No, I personally have dated, uh, two guys at once, three guys at once, and then chosen one. And the person that you choose is the one you really want to be with. If you're dating multiple people and you're getting a little bit of something from everyone, you choose a person that you really want to be with. Obviously he had, he had the option to date this girl. He was seeing her. Um, and I understand your trust issues. I understand why you're upset. Like it's valid that you're upset, but it's been four years. So that in itself shows your value to him and the value of your relationship. Um, when it comes to loving yourself, I really, really, again, would urge you to go to, uh, therapy, whether that's alone or with your partner, even just for one or two sessions, just to talk things out. I think a huge issue that happens when it comes to trust issues like this is, I don't know if you are explaining to him in full, the reasons why you feel this way. You said you explained it, but I'm not really sure that you are. I think if you do that and then you get some sort of response out of him, him also being fine with it is sort of like, I think with me anyway, I always want an explanation of, I want to go deeper. I want to like have a deep dive into um, why he's feeling the way that he's feeling, whichever way, whether he's annoyed, whether he's fine with it, whether he like just wants to make you feel better because he loves you. And I think it would be nice to have some sort of mediator there so you can have um, a more efficient way of communicating. If you can't do this or you can't, you can't, um, afford it or you can't find someone right now during COVID. Um, I think you need to ask him. Oh, see, I don't, I don't know. But the thing is like with this, I, I want to say you need to ask him what he loves about you. What, you know, what he sees in the future with you. You need to get some sort of solid questions you want from him. But on the other hand, I'm like, your value should come from within. Um, and that's that's a really really difficult thing to muster. Absolutely, it is such a difficult thing to muster. Um, I think you need to maybe take some time to yourself, not away from him, to analyze what you like about yourself and realize that is probably what that is probably what he likes about you as well. Um, I don't think it's very productive you going around in these circles thinking again and again and again and again. He is maybe cheating on me. He's talking to someone else. He doesn't want to be with me because in reality, he's shown you that he wants to be with you. You know how? Because he's with you, babe. And it doesn't sound like there's any other issues in the relationship um, right now um, except for your insecurity, um, which isn't your fault, but it is your responsibility to get through it. So... I would say take note of things that you love about yourself. Ask him to tell you what he loves about you. Work on communication. Ask him to explain exactly why he under understands what you're feeling and what you're thinking. So get him to repeat it back to you so you know that he knows how you feel. He's not just going, yeah, babe, it's fine because sometimes they don't quite understand. Um, but the main work is going to be internally and I think that will come from therapy by yourself or with him. All right, girls. Oh, now it's time for a little 
chat. Oh my god. Okay, so for those of you who follow me on Instagram, I'm sure you saw. I was in the media anyway. You saw a little tiff that I had with uh, Mr. Dean Wells himself. Now, this all began and I think the reason why I wanted to talk about it was because I wanted to just kind of make a comment on uh, men behaving poorly in the media and the need for us to speak out about it as feminists and as women um, and acknowledging that this behaviour isn't okay because I think a lot of the time in Australian media this behaviour goes unchecked. and because people don't want to have a news article written about them, people don't want to be banned from certain um, publications, people don't want to be the troublemaker or the drama starter, which I don't really care about any of those things. I'm, If being dramatic is talking about things that I really care about and, you know, outing people for bad behaviour, then I'm dramatic. Like what? there's this fear as women that we're, oh, she's so dramatic. Okay, cool. Like, yes, I am dramatic but I also get things done. Okay, so basically what happened was Dean Wells commented on my photo of my Teach You Say. Um, go and check it out if you haven't already. Um, and he said, Auntie Clem has you brainwashed. Hashtag toxic feminism. Okay, Dean Wells, because you know what you're talking about. Um, so his... Obviously, Clem is Clementine Ford, the amazing woman who was on episode, I think, six of this podcast. Love her death. And I actually um, obviously messaged Clem about this. But I – let's start with his comment in general because there's everything that he said to me. There is so much deconstruct. But I think there's this overarching theme that's really worrying in the way he speaks about women and to women in saying that um, Auntie Clem has you brainwashed implies that as a 24-year-old woman, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm so silly. I have no idea what's going on and all I do is listen to Auntie Clementine. And it's like, no, I've had these feminist beliefs since I was in high school. My year 12 assignment was about sexism in the Bible um, at a Catholic girls' school, and I have always been a staunch, staunch feminist. Like literally since birth, I've never been raised to be any different. I have a family of entirely women. So to say that I only feel these feel this way because of uh, Clementine is dismissive of my autonomy as a woman, and dismissive of my ability to think for myself and to create my own opinions. Now. I agree with 99% of what Clementine says. Obviously, we can disagree on some things. I can't think of anything in particular right now, but, you know, we're humans. We're not going to agree with every single thing one person says, but I align my views very strongly with Clementine by happenstance, not because she's she's brainwashed me. She's taught me a lot, but she's built on those thoughts I've already had. So basically, then there was this, there was this fight on Instagram he then compared Clementine's writing to the Ku Klux Klan. He said, um, I said, Dean, have you had books published? Because uh, he implied that Clementine was stupid or something. Let me see. I'm not Because he's going to sue me for defamation apparently. So let's get up the exact comment. Oh, I deleted the screenshot. I think he's, I think from, mem- from memory he said something about, you know, Oh yeah, you can get a university degree from Adelaide Uni. She's written books, and then she said, and then he said, uh, Clementine. Oh no, the Ku Klux Klan have also written books. Because I said, how many books have you written, Dean? And he uh, then posted on my story because I was disgusted in the fact that he compared Clementine's writing to the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, firstly, because that is ridiculous and untrue, and a really uneducated way to think about things it's also a tactic that a lot of men's rights activists or um, extremists in regards to any any political issue they will say oh they're like hitler oh oh they're like the Ku Klux Klan and it's like in what in what regard Clementine is a loving mother who is a published author and educated and is a great person um, who I love personally and 
he's saying she let the Klux Klan because she has written something I don't agree with. It's a poor argument um, and it's incorrect. So moving on. To say that someone's writing is likened to the Ku Klux Klan when it isn't about race is also very dangerous and very uneducated. Um, that is to dismiss all of the hurt that the Ku Klux Klan has caused to uh, every race, uh, women, um, disabled people, um, basically eugenics vibes. Um, and it's unfair, it's disgusting, and it's not it's not an educated place to come from. And that's why I had to show everyone because he goes around. I saw his fight with Georgia Love. He goes around and he starts fights with women because he thinks he can win when, in fact, those women are actually smarter than him and um, make better points and he doesn't quite understand that. So let's go with the conversation. So then he then he claimed that Clementine Ford uh, – uh, so funny. Then he claimed that Clementine Ford uh, tweets about how much she wants to uh, kill men and they're all rapists and she hates them. And then I said, what do you mean? And he said, you find them, you can Google them. I said, send me a screenshot of the tweets. He goes, Google it. There's tons of them. And I said, no, if you're trying to prove a point, you have to come with evidence, which is so true. And this is another thing that people will try and do in a debate with you. This is kind of like masterclass one-on-one in debating, isn't it? But they will come to you and say, this is the truth. And you'll go, okay, where's the evidence? You find the evidence. It's everywhere. No, you have to come with your type of evidence because if if I find evidence that isn't what you're thinking of, you will then come back and it's a waste of time. You show me what you think you're talking about and I will analyze it. And I analyzed it and it was so dumb. So I had a bit of a uh, Crystalia moment just then. Um, so the tweet said this. I'll read them all out so we have a full context. All men are scum and must die. Then she replies to so three usernames, kill all men. Then she replies, men are gross and also rapists, kill all men. <laughs> then she says, I only want supermen to die, which is, I only want supermen to die, okay? It's obviously the taxidermied man I keep in my living room to remind me of how all men should die. Very funny, Clementine, very witty. All men must die. Kill all men. Kill all men. All men must die. The feminist doctrine decrees it. Congratulations, you found me out. All men must die. All men must... (laughs) Sorry, it's so fucked because it's so clearly sarcasm. Saying that she has a taxidermied man in her living room, how can you not see that is hyperbolic and that is completely sarcastic it's so tongue-in-cheek to say um congratulations you found me out all men must die is again her going oh yeah yeah all men must die completely all of these are in capital letters again her going yes all men must die it's very clearly sarcasm i know you guys agree with me so whatever i then reply with ha 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 in capitals because he's so daft Dean then goes on to say Clementine attacked him personally because she said that he exhibits – he said he said that she said that he was a uh, domestic violence abuser and um, – uh, let me get the exact wording up because I don't want to oh, – a rapist as well in non-satirical articles. Now, dude, um, his edited behaviour on Married at First Sight Again, I don't trust TV personality, like ed, reality TV because of how I was edited. So his edited persona did display behaviours of that. Now, is it unfair for someone to write an article and assume those things? Yes. But it's also Clementine's job as a social social commentarist, a, a writer, um, who comments on these TV shows and kind of deconstructs them to say those things. So, you know what, like... Dean, that was also three years ago. Why are you still attacking Clementine and saying she's the KKK? That is, he's obviously obsessed with Clementine and infatuated with her because she is the antithesis of what he wants in a woman. I'm not going to comment further on that. Um, so I asked Dean a total of five times in this conversation, I believe. It could be four or five. I'm not going to put a number. Again, don't want to get sued, um, allegedly. Um, and he was saying that... Uh, basically I asked him to exit at one point. I was like, please don't talk to me. And he kept going, which obviously makes me feel like he doesn't understand the word no. Um, 
because he kept going, kept posting on his story, going crazy. And I was just like, this is, this is actually mental. His points were invalid. He doesn't have a leg to stand on. And the fact that he felt comfortable to post about these things and be so unaware of how uneducated he is in this, to- in this field um, is really quite astounding um, and really quite concerning. So the fact that then Jamie Dorn, Jamie Dorn, I don't even know what his last name is, Jamie, um, from Angie's season, he got on and said that I was trolling him because I posted a gif in the Shameless podcast group eight weeks ago that was very funny that I stand by because it was hilarious um, and I wasn't trolling uh, and Jamie tried to play the victim and I got a text from Bill Goldsmith and I got a message from Telv. So I've got all these men jumping on the bandwagon and I'm just like, isn't it horrendous that they feel the right to um, say these uneducated opinions and they think they're, they're, they're so, they're so confident in their following that they won't think this is wrong. What they're doing is clearly wrong. Um, that their opinions are clearly morally questionable in my opinion. Um, they don't see that there's something wrong with that. And I see a huge issue with that, that there are so many men that follow these people that are, clearly looking for reasons to hate women, um, looking for reasons to hate feminists. Um, and Dean called me an extremist feminist. I wouldn't say I'm an extremist at all. I'm a moderate third wave feminist. I, um, uh, like what? Like I, I literally live a life that's pretty, I would say normal, but I just hold these values and live my life in a way that I think is moralistic and is aligns with Third wave feminism, I tried to be an intersectional feminism and non-turfy feminism. Like literally feminism is just treating women and people and minorities all the same way with equity. Um, and Dean and all these other men who have these thoughts against feminists obviously have, obviously have a huge issue because their entire lives until this moment – um, men in general, I'll say this, um, they have had this uh, subdued power over us and when they're spoken out against, because Dean's 40, he's lived a lot of his life without any of this feminist bullshit going on, um, he has no idea um, what it's like to be suppressed under any form of the patriarchy except in the fact that he's a man, but he revels in that. Um, he did say to me that he he was aligned with the LGBTQIA community. I'm not going to out him in whatever he said he was. That's fine. He probably he has felt oppression in that way. But to then turn around and call me an extremist is, is very bizarre behaviour. Um, he truly, it truly baffles me why anybody – would think that any that cutting out oh sorry for to tell this so he cut out um certain screenshots and got rid of the context and then I would say add the context in that post on my story with the context and it would be a whole different picture and coming from someone who complained about his edit in a TV show um copying out context isn't exactly the smartest thing in the world to do because I can come back with the context because newsflash it's in writing um, so I'm just going to play you guys now a little clip of Clementine Ford. She posted amazing stories afterwards. Um, Dean, basically, I feel sorry for him because he's a poor, he's a poor, um, he's very, he isn't very articulate, um, in my opinion. Um, and he didn't really make a point that was strong. Arguing with Dean felt like arguing with a 16-year-old boy at a social who's just discovered that he hates feminists because he's watched some Jordan Peterson documentary. Um, It's not really uh, interesting thoughts. I will happily talk to men who aren't feminists. I will happily talk to people who aren't feminists. I will happily speak to people who have different views of me and I'm thinking of changing. Absolutely. But to have these base-level arguments that don't even really make sense – aren't really worth my time. So I'm going to place in here the audio from Clementine Ford Stories. 
what happens when you're left with an entire bucket of chicken, eggplant, cauliflower, and along the way in tonight's adventure, I'm going to be talking about some of the trash that we pick up along the way, the trash that we deal with in cooking and the leftovers and what to know what to throw out and what not to. And yes, Dean Wells, I'm talking about you. And in case you're under any illusions, you are very clearly in the trash pile and you should be discarded and thrown away immediately. But what am I talking about? All of Australia's already done that to you. Now, I don't even need to tag Dean in these stories because I know he watches my stories religiously. I see his face pop up in them. I see his face pop up in my DMs. Dean, babe, you gotta get over me. It's never gonna happen. Now let's take a look at this chicken, shall we? This is the fennel that I roasted it with. You can see it's limp and a bit discolored and not particularly appealing. We'll put that in the Dean pile. Some of the saggy, wilted orange. Not gonna use that. Just added it for a bit of flavor and excitement really, but turned out to not be that exciting after all. That goes in the Dean pile too. Oh look, there's another one. He just keeps popping up where you least don't want to see him, which is everywhere. The rest we're left with is the bones of the chicken, except not the bones, the meat. The delicious, delicious meat. We'll put that in the not Dean pile, right here. This is the pile that everyone wants a piece of. The Dean pile's the other pile. Now I'm gonna look at my eggplant and salad leftover that uh, uh, was part of a meal that I thought was vegan the other night, but I realized very quickly on was not. Sometimes you're surprised and uh, disappointed by things. Um, I wouldn't say that we were ever surprised at being disappointed by Dean. Really had our suspicions confirmed there. I'm gonna go ahead and put the eggplant in the not Dean pile because that remains delicious. The salad, once again, a little bit wilted, a little bit limp, but not really like anything you'd want to put near your mouth or your person. So I'll go and put that in the Dean pile. Oh, there's a lot of it, isn't there? The next uh, leftover we're going to be contending with tonight is this roasted cauliflower with some onion and garlic and uh, just general all-round deliciousness. This is the one with the preserved lemon peel, I believe. Um, now look, you wouldn't want to waste any of this. You would definitely want to incorporate every single last piece of this leftover into whatever dish you were recreating for a second time round. Um, there's not a trace of Dean Wells in this leftover. In fact, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this leftover is 100% all Abby Chatfield. So that's going in the not Dean pile. You might be wondering why I'm talking about Dean Wells in this story. I mean, traditionally, the Cooking with Clem series has been very light and positive and uplifting and interesting. And Dean Wells is none of those things, we can agree. I mean, no matter how many times he slides into my DMs wanting to have a debate, he remains completely beneath me. <laughs> he wishes. You might be thinking, Dean Wells? Who? And you would be right. Who indeed? But the thing is, Dean, you can compare my writing to the KKK all you like. But don't use your ridiculous, stupid fucking problem with me to drag other women all over the internet. You absolute fucking loser. Dean, I realise that you're drenched with fucking relevancy deprivation since your season of maths ended two years ago, and you've done basically nothing since then except troll women online and get angry at everyone for not th thinking you're a great guy who just loves women. You're such a great feminist. You just hate all of these third wave bitches who won't acknowledge what an incredible man you are. It's just not bloody fair. And listen, I am trying to stay away from the negativity these days. I'm trying to stay away from these online fights. I really enjoy just sitting in my kitchen making nice shit and 
not having to get wrapped up in these fights. And yes, I could choose not to be wrapped up in this fight. But he's gone after a beautiful woman and it is true that his audience is nothing. But it makes me mad and I want to protect my coven because that's what this is, ladies. It's a coven and we've got to look after each other and have each other's backs. And that's what I'm doing. If you come after one of us, you come after all of us, Dean. That's what it means to be a feminist witch. You should be scared, boy. But I would like to thank you for one thing, and that's for providing the opportunity to use this leftovers segment, the not Dean pile, and the Dean trash pile, to talk about something that men often do to women, which is to insist that they be considered the exception to the, uh, the feminist rule, which is to investigate and interrogate patriarchy and dismantle male privilege. But not for me though, right? I'm a good guy. Dean, my dude, if you need to remind women at every turn that you are one of the good ones, you ain't it. Also, if you need to let them know that you, uh, you support feminists, but you just hate those third wave man haters, you ain't it. Do you think that men at the turn of the century were cheering on the suffragettes? Do you think that men in the 70s were like, really love those bloody second wavers, just think that they're right on? Uh -uh. You are part of a long-standing tradition. I would say my friend, but we'll never be friends. You are part of a long-standing tradition, my loser, of men who want to discount women, who are dismantling powerful structures around them and speaking out against the oppression that they face day in and day out. I'm sorry that you can't handle satirical jokes about things that are actually not happening to men, but you need to, you don't get a fucking medal for being the exception to the rule. And you definitely don't get a medal for deciding that you're the exception to the rule. Everyone who has had a dealing with you in this space knows that you're a fucking misogynist. And worse than just being a garden variety misogynist, you're an overly sensitive baby of a misogynist. Get over it. Oh, and Dean, stop telling people that the articles that I wrote about you have been removed from the, uh, it's Fairfax by the way, not News Corp, but removed from the Fairfax site because I slandered you. You can still find them because they're still up. Would I have chosen to write those articles if I knew then what I know now, that uh, you would follow me like a sad, lost little puppy dog through the terrible, toxic alleyways of the cyberspace, harassing any women that got in your way, but particularly any woman who had anything to do with me? Would I have done it? And the answer is, Dean, yes, I would have done it. Because, God, is it enjoyable to see you so obsessed, losing your mind at every turn, because you cannot handle that a woman out there told the fucking truth about you. You loser. Oh, and by the way, Dean, if you're incapable of actually fucking looking at the hypocrisy that's involved in patrolling women's humor about something that is not in any way, shape or form happening, i.e. women lashing back at men who accuse feminists of just being man-haters by saying, oh, yes, we will man-hate us. But you don't apply the same equal level of stringent patrolling to men who make jokes about rape and jokes about domestic violence and jokes about domestic homicide and instead tell women that we just need to bloody harden up. It's a joke, not a dig. Don't take it so hard, love. Stop being so bloody sensitive. Just trying to lighten the mood. Then you're a fucking hypocrite. But then, Dean, we knew that already, didn't we? It's a truth universally acknowledged that a man insistent on women's inability to laugh at jokes about actual violence done towards us must be in want of a sense of humor when it comes to jokes about himself. Anyway, Dean, I hope you've enjoyed my story about you. I've no doubt you've been watching. Don't worry, there's still more to come. Let's get back to the cooking portion of things, shall we? I have some more thoughts.
and you know I'm going to share them. This isn't just about a certain here unmentioned Merit at First Sight contestant, but about men in general. Uh, not all men, obviously, but a fuck ton of them. And one of the things that a lot of them will like to do is to try and gaslight women about their political views. So you might be a young woman in particular. They love to go for the young women. A young woman who says, well, you know, I am a feminist or I believe in women's rights or I am a little bit disturbed about the level of violence against women in the world. And they may turn around and go, well, you just need to stop listening to all those feminists or you just sound like you're brainwashed or you need to... The implication always seems to be that you, a mere woman, especially if you're a young mere woman, are too dumb and too uncritical and too simple-minded to actually think for yourself and settle on feminist viewpoints for yourself because, hmm, think, 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 as Winnie the Pooh might say, you are a woman living in the world and having an experience, experience of being a woman in the world and therefore you could possibly, maybe have, possibly, I don't know, I don't know, possibly, maybe, possibly, possibly, maybe, possibly, maybe, possibly, maybe, possibly, maybe have an insight into what it is like to be a fucking woman in the world. I know. How could you, a woman, possibly know? So I guess my final thoughts are, I say final, are they ever final? Who knows? Some thoughts are, be very extremely, absolutely vagina-sealed, shutty, wary of any man, fish, or animal, but mostly the human male species, who tries to make you believe that you, a woman living in the world with an experience of living in the world, might actually somehow not know what that feels like and instead might be developing your feelings of oppression or feelings of anger or feelings of fear or feelings of just being generally fucking pissed off because you're being manipulated and brainwashed by feminists like me. As if somehow you're not smart enough or aware enough or worldly enough or cognizant enough to come up with these very simple ideas, equality, by yourself. Do not ever, ever let a fucking man make you feel dumb or like you don't know what your experience of the world is. So that was fantastic and... I just, I just think it's really interesting um, the way that men on reality TV shows, or some men on reality TV shows, choose to behave in the public eye, and I think it's okay. And it, I think it's to do with the um, the Australian media as well, usually taking their side. Um, even in articles that I saw about my quote unquote feud with Dean, um, the photos used of me were me looking a bit manic, a bit crazy, and he looked completely calm. And it kind of feeds into this narrative that women are hysterical and if they're upset, they're emotional and they're crazy and they're angry and they can't they just calm down? Can't they just take a breather and let the men talk? And it's like, no, I can't. Like I'm sorry that you've picked a fight with a woman 15 years younger than you who is smarter than you and who can speak very well. <laughs> like, I, like I can't comprehend his thought process in coming for me about tea Tuesdays. And there's only one option. And the option is that he wanted to get some attention. He wanted to get a little fight on the Instagram comments and then get some attention by daily mail. And then that's it. And it turned out to be um, me biting back and he didn't like it. So sucks to be Dean. All right. So the final thing I'm going to speak about is the, 
God, I had so many DMs about this. So, 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 so many DMs about this. Um, uh, the Melbourne, I, I, Mel, Melbourne Guy Pals or something. It was obviously a ripoff of a girls group, Melbourne Girl Gal Pals, which love that for you girls. Um, I got so many DMs, people saying, why haven't you spoken about it? Why haven't you? And I was like, I just, I, I'm waiting for the podcast to give my thoughts. Obviously I'm very anti it, like very obviously, but I didn't want to just do like Instagram stories. Um, and also everyone was aware of it. I felt um, it was kind of like, bidding horse and by the time that I was getting these DMs it was deleted so I didn't see a point but I would like to talk about it in ways of you know a commentary on society right now um similar to the way that Dean is behaving which is uh, uh, quite uh concerning um these young men are exhibiting similar um not similar I should say similar they're exhibiting equally concerning behaviors um, if not more so, actually probably more so. So they're more overt with it and they're feeling comfortable enough to speak in this derogatory way about women. So there have been lots and lots of posts. If you Google it, you'll be able to find it. I'm sure you can find it um, online called Melbourne Guy Pals. It is now deleted the Facebook group. But some awesome girls took screenshots of these um, of the group. Somehow I'm guessing through their boyfriends or something and they outed them. And these disgusting little twerps, um, were saying things like kill all women. And this is my point regarding Clem, right? So I got a DM from someone saying, if you saw a man saying kill all women, you would be angry even if it was a joke. And it's like, uh, yeah, it would be. You know why? Because there's context. Yet again, there is context when it comes to this. First and foremost, I don't think there would ever be a time in which a man joking about that would make sense. The reason why it makes sense for Clementine is because she is accused of being a man hater and a man killer and a misandrist. So her saying those is tongue in cheek and is in jest and is funny. And is like, oh, yeah, you got me. Um, if there were a similar situation in which a man had been accused of hating all women for doing something trivial. And he's like, yeah, you got me. I hate all women. That would be, yeah, cool, whatever. Like I need context. So I actually, okay. But it, it would still be pretty questionable because in reality, men are killing women at a much higher rate than women are killing men. I had this conversation with a follower and I said, do you realize that it actually is in real life happening to women in which we are being killed by men, by male partners um, at a much higher rate than women kill men? Yes, it happens both ways. And then she said, uh, yes, but, you know, violence happens both ways. Absolutely, but but women aren't doing the violence most of the time. She then said that, but men are most of the murder victims. Yes, because men kill men. Like it's all the statistics you hear about women, you know, men are the biggest murder victims. Yes, because men are killing men. I don't understand where, like, again, in context. Um, Then she was saying men can get raped as well. Yes, of course they can. But again, at a much higher rate, women are getting raped. So for a man to say kill all women and rape all women, um, is genuinely terrifying in that if it was a joke, there could be a pass made for it. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Like, like, uh, like that was funny in this very deep context as Clementine was in very deep years of context. But it is slightly more questionable in that it actually is happening to women. Women are genuinely being killed and raped and enslaved in sex trafficking at a much higher rate than men. I'm not saying this happened to men, but I am saying it happens at a higher rate to women, so therefore it is scarier. It is much scarier. Um, so that's what I want to say on that. But So there was this group, and obviously it was disgusting. And if these boys claim that uh, it was all a joke – that joke has no context. Do you see what I mean about context being very important, Dean? That joke is them thinking it's funny to laugh at the expense of women dying and being raped. Clementine's joke is laughing at men who are so 
desperate to hate her that they they accuse her of things that she would never do and that aren't happening at anywhere near as high a rate as happening to women. So these stupid little twerps made this um, uh, Facebook group and they also were sharing revenge porn, which is fucking deplorable. Um, now there, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of conversation saying, well, you shouldn't send nudes. If you're not going to trust the person, you can get the nudes too. And just letting you know, if you hear that, that's victim blaming and that's fucking ridiculous. If you have sent someone nudes, you've done it because you've wanted to and that's all that matters and you've sent it to that person and you've trusted that person. I've sent nudes to people that um, I haven't met and I trust them and if I did anything with my nudes, that is 100% on them. Um, I personally wouldn't really mind if my nudes got released because um, that is embarrassing for the person who released them. But I totally understand the fear and the dis- and the anger towards these disgusting men who were sharing revenge porn. The main reason why it's so disgusting is because it was done in a way that was like, ha, 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 look at this, look at this girl, objectifying women in this fucking disgusting group. It was like a little boys, a big boys club. And it made me feel sick to my stomach because it reflects and it mirrors this rhetoric that I've heard from men my entire life. I've heard from boys when I was growing up, I've heard from teenage boys, objectifying women, finding nudes, funny, sharing around nudes. I know for a fact many, many, many men that I know have nudes of other women on their phones or used to when we were younger. And that makes me so fucking angry. And this is a new thing. And I'm glad that it's been brought to the to the light because it is so frequent that you see men swapping nudes or even showing each other nudes. Like there is an inherent power dynamic there in that well, it's a very blatant power dynamic. These men have vulnerable photos of these women and are sharing them around for a laugh with the boys. It's like, it's like, oh, whose dick is bigger? It's like they're trying to show off and the way they're showing off isn't by being like, how hot is this girl that I'm with? It's by how much power do I have over this girl that she sent me a nude? How much power do I have and how cocky am I to think that I, won't, I will get away with this? It's about power. It's like rape. It's about power. It is not about sex. It is not about nudes. Someone showing a nude to their mate, you know, not sending it to them, just showing them and being like, oh, yeah, look at this girl. She's so hot, hey, and genuinely being like, oh, my God, she's so hot. You know, questionable but passable. Posting it in a group of men to laugh at is 100% about power and them being scared they don't have power over these women as much as they would like and the way that they show to their friends they're cool is by treating women like shit and that is an accurate depiction of men, of some men in society and of the patriarchy and of them having this overarching control over us or feeling like they do and trying to control your sexuality and make the girls in these these uh, photos and videos ashamed for being sexual. They're releasing their sex tapes and laughing at the girls but failing to realise they've released their own sex tape, you fucking idiot. It makes me so angry. I'm so disgusted by this. The reason why they're okay with with releasing their own sex type is because men aren't shamed for sexuality. So it's funny to fuck a girl, but it's disgusting for the girl to get fucked. And it makes me so mad. I'm fucking over it. This is going to happen time and time and time again. And the girls that called it out are fucking legends. They're warriors. I'm so proud of them because if they hadn't called it out, it would have been done again and again and again. And I think this will open the public's eyes up to the fact that we still have a long way to go in feminism and I'm fucking proud of them. So that's the end of the podcast. I'm really worked up. I'm going to watch some um, shitty reality TV now because Real Housewives is calling my name. Um, Thank you all for listening. I hope you guys had a great week. I will be back next week with guests and um, 
I want to say thank you guys for all the love in the podcast group and on my Instagram and yeah, any suggestions, comments, questions, corrections, anything like that, any Q and A's you want for me, please send to it's a lot pod at gmail.com and I will do my best to get back to you. So enjoy the rest of your week, darlings and kisses. Bye.